Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. If you recognize that theme song, you know what time it is. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad to be with you today and we pray that for the next 30 minutes that we can focus on the Word of God, its person that is presented and its promises that are given us, praise God, and the principles of faith that will bring us into a life of victory in a world of trouble. God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord of all. Hallelujah. Amen. And God's plan and purpose for you today is good because of His grace and His mercy. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, we pray that you will join us today in this Bible study because we have something in common, Christians and non-Christians alike. We live in a faulty body. We live in a fallen world. The difference is, if you know Christ as your Savior, you have a faithful Father who promised, amen, to give you everything that is necessary to live in this world and 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 not only just go to heaven when this life is over but to have his help in this present world that's what inspired david to say these words i had fainted in psalm 27 i had fainted unless i believed to see the goodness of god in the land of the living we sing that great christian hymn won't it be wonderful there having no burdens to bear walking and talking with christ the supernal one won't it be wonderful there Friend of mine, we don't live in the sweet by and by, as the song's other great hymn of faith says. Listen, we live here in the nasty here and now. And God has promised help for us that live in this fallen world, in these last days when the perilous times are here, and how we need the the comfort that God gives us through His promises in His Word. This is what David said in this centering psalm, Psalm 46, to help us keep our focus on God, our faith in God, our trust in God. He said, God is our refuge. I'm going to read just the first three verses of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountain shakes with the swelling thereof. Salah. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in the time of trouble. In the time of trouble, God is available to you. If you know Christ is your Savior, you are not just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But the great Apostle Paul said, Now you are the sons of God. Hallelujah. We've been brought into God's royal family, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We can call God 
Father and the Holy Spirit bears witness of that truth when we acknowledge it. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, the apostles and disciples, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray this way. Before you say anything else, make any petition, begin with an acknowledgement of this relationship that you now possess with the Creator of the universe. Begin by saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But begin by acknowledging a personal, paternal relationship with God. You see, being reconciled unto God means you're brought into His royal family and whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Praise God. God, therefore, can be and will be to you and me our refuge and our strength. We talked about Him being our refuge, someone we can run to in the time of trouble last week. Today we're going to talk about God our strength. And in this uh, message of God being our strength, we're not just talking about power alone in and of itself. We're talking about the fact really that He's our refuge. We know who to look to, who to run to, and we know what's going to happen when we do. You know, the scripture said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. And I want to read from Psalm 59, verse 16 and 17. It says, But I would sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. God is my defense and the God of my mercy. Listen. It is so important to understand what we're talking about when we talk about strength is our accessibility to God and His availability to us. I want to say that again. Our accessibility to God and God's availability to us. Strength doesn't just come by God making us strong. Strength comes when we realize that our accessibility to God and God's availability to us. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Praise God. Listen to Psalm 62, verse 5 through 8. It says, My soul... Wait only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. In God, not just from God, but in God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour your heart out before Him, for God is a refuge for us. I love that that last verse where it says, Pour your heart out before Him. 
God is our strength today. We can run to Him. We have access to Him. And He's made Himself available to you and to me. And this is a wonderful truth to claim for our own because nothing saps our energy, takes away our strength and wears us down and wears us out like a crisis in our life. Trials drain us and make us feel as if we simply can't go on. Well, throughout His Word, God promises to give us the strength we need to get through those trying times. Psalm 27 and verse 1 is very clear. It says, The Lord is my light, and the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. And in Philippians 4.13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me, or literally, I can do all things, I can face any crisis through Him who gives me strength. And this psalm echoes this truth. God is the source of power for facing any battle of life. There is an availability and an accessibility to His presence and His person. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Literally, high above all the intents of evil. You know, I love what one preacher used to say about that scripture. Satan is a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? Steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. I like what one preacher used to say all the time. He said, Satan is indeed a roaring lion. But Christ pulled his teeth at Calvary. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that. I believe his power to hurt and to harm those who have put their trust in God through Jesus Christ. I don't believe he has that authority over you or me. If we don't give ground to the devil, he has no power to take it from us. If we keep our trust in God, God will defend you. God will defend me. Praise God. You know, the sad fact is that a toothless life is gumming to death a lot of Christians because we simply do not understand how to trust God when the trials come. We have great power available because God has made Himself available to you and to me. In his book, Glimpses of God, Scott Walker chronicles the story of the Herald family a godly couple who had gone to the Philippines as teachers around the turn of the century. The heralds opened schools for tribesmen known as the Igorot, who live in the remote mountains and and really just jungle reason back in the back woods of the Philippines. Mr. Herald combined his teaching duties with efforts to build roads throughout this region. His work was backbreaking and was made even more difficult by the fact that no modern machinery was available. He had had shipped in dynamite to break up the rocks, and all they had other than that was their bare hands. So they'd blow up 
as the, as the book tells us, a huge section of rock. And then the Igorot people would move it piece by piece by hand. One day, Mr. Harold rode horseback into town for supplies. While there, he spotted a crate filled with brand new wheelbarrows. Couldn't believe his good fortune, and he quickly bought them, loaded them on an old borrowed truck, and hastily bumped and banged his way up the rutted new roadbed. When he arrived at the base camp, he instructed the foreman uh, to guard these novelties so they would not be stolen, and immediately drove back to town to return the truck. He then retrieved his horse, finished his shopping, started back. It was a three-day journey later that he returned to the worksite. When he rode up, he almost fell off his horse with laughter, because there before him were the Igorot people, energetically and enthusiastically using the wheelbarrows. But having never seen one, the Igorot foreman had assigned four men to each wheelbarrow. They would quickly feel fill the wheelbarrows to the rim with rock and dirt. Then the four men would each grab a corner of the wheelbarrow, grimace as they lifted up and grunt and groan as they carried it on their shoulders to a ravine where the dirt was dumped. For them, a wheelbarrow was simply a large metal container to carry huge loads. They had never seen a wheel, so they didn't even consider using it. In other words, there was amazing power at their disposal as they struggled to build that road, but they simply never accessed it. Well, the truth of the matter is that many times you and I are just as foolish as these tribesmen. When a trial comes, we attempt to carry that burden on our own shoulders when we should heed the instruction of this psalm and rely on the power of the Spirit of God. And not just the power of the Spirit, the dunamis, oh, but the God Himself, the person that says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And by the way, relaxing is a requirement for accessing God's power. Jesus said, My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul rejoiced in relaxing his own efforts so that he could draw on God's power. In Second Corinthians 12, he said, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Jesus' sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then am I made strong. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. He is with us, friend, a very present help. Wherever you are, God knows where you are. And wherever you are, God is. The psalmist David said, Where shall I go from thy spirit? 
He stood and was looking over the Mediterranean Sea when he wrote that great psalm. And he said, he said, where can I go from thy spirit if I take the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost part of the sea? Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, the grave, even there thy hand shall uphold me. Praise God. Wherever you are, God is. Whatever crisis you are facing, God is very near you. He's right there. Oh, when we are emotionally disturbed and distracted and and overwhelmed in our senses, we can't sense Him. Heaven seems brass. God seems distant. Ah, but friend, if you put your focus on His person and His promise in the time of trouble, you will discover that God is there in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that trouble. In Hebrews 13.5, God promises, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The Greek in this passage has five negatives, so it literally reads, I will not, not leave thee. Neither will I not, not forsake thee. In other words, in this text, God emphasizes over and over and over and over that He will not forsake us. We could take it and and bring it into a more convinced understanding. I will never, no, never. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's trying to get us to get our focus off of our trouble, our heartache, our heartbreak, our crisis, and put our focus on the one who said, I am with you in this trouble. I will not leave you. Praise God. He won't leave us alone, friend. He wants us to grasp firmly the truth that no matter what the circumstances may indicate, we know that He will not leave us to the mercy of those circumstances. God is our refuge, therefore, our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Praise God. Let's, let's talk about this in Psalm 95, 1 through 7. Listen carefully. Come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In His hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to Him. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and here's where we are in relation to Him. If you are a Christian today, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the flock under His care are the sheep of His hand. Today, today, This day, this is our wonderful, privileged relationship with God. We have access to God because He has made Himself available to us. Soren Kiergaard once wrote a parable that told of a community of ducks waddling off to Duck Church one Sunday to hear their duck preacher. 
After they waddled into the duck sanctuary, the service began, and the duck preacher spoke eloquently of how God had given the ducks wings with which to fly. He pounded the pulpit with his beak and said, With these wings there's nowhere we ducks cannot go. There is no God-given task we ducks cannot accomplish. With these wings we no longer need to walk through life. We can soar high in the sky. Shouts of amen were quacked throughout the duck congregation. The duck preacher concluded his message by exclaiming, With our wings we can fly through life. We can fly. More ducks quacked out loud amens in response. Every duck loved the service. In fact, all the ducks that were present commented, commented on what a wonderfully convicting and convincing message they had heard from their duck preacher. And when they left church, they waddled all the way home. Friend, when we listen to this funny story, it's natural to be critical of those ducks. You might even want to cry foul. (laughs) Hallelujah. But if we were honest with ourselves, when it comes to worship, many Sundays we just wing it. Too often would be worshipers like you and me waddle away from worship the same way we waddled in, unchallenged and unchanged, unchallenged and unchanged. Those of us who waddle in should not waddle out. We should follow the guidance of Scripture in Psalm 40 and verse 31 that says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew our strength so that we soar on wings as eagles. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I believe today that we are being challenged by the Spirit of God Himself. To look to God, to wait upon the Lord, doesn't mean to sit passive. It means to to earnestly seek Him. To earnestly seek Him. To wait upon the Lord is not to take a number and sit down in a chair and doze off. It means to diligently seek Him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. (laughs) They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. The strength that we need to overcome, the strength that we need to live in victory, And not just be victims of this fallen world, but be victors over it in the name of Jesus Christ has been made available to us. For when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. And that meant two things. Number one, we could be so forgiven and cleansed of our sin that we could go behind the veil because now the veil is gone. That keep out veil that said keep out. You cannot approach a holy God. God became accessible. We could go into His very presence. And in His presence, there's fullness of joy. And the scripture said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And not only can we Go to the Lord, but the Lord can come to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. He can come to you when you are so troubled 
He can come to you. He can come to me in a way that is personal, intimate, and individual. Those that God has given that sufficient grace to understand that grace is just not an acronym that says God's riches at Christ's expense. It means that because of the grace of God that has flowed to us because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, this unmerited favor, undeserved, that has given us this reconciled relationship with God, Amen. Allows us to come to Him and Him to come to us. Praise God. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. I believe that grace has allowed for the presence of a holy God to be manifest in us and to us and through us this very day. If you're struggling with something today, God is your refuge. You need to focus your faith on Him. Not on the circumstance and not on yourself. Not on your hurt and your pain that it has caused, but upon God Himself. And be able to declare with the psalmist of old, God is my refuge. God Himself is my strength. Hallelujah. Therefore, I will not let the fear grip me. I will not let the, the, the frustration, the agitation, the aggravation, I will not let the distractive force of a crisis keep me from focusing on the one who has promised to never leave me and never forsake me, but in fact to go with me all the way, even unto the end of the age. It is this God that has made Himself available to you and to me this very day. Oh, friend, I have carried burdens that I should have given to God. It broke me at one point in my life and ministry, and I went through nervous exhaustion, and only the grace of God allowed me to stay in the pulpit. Sometimes I was almost too weak to stand and would have to hold on to the pulpit because I felt my strength waning, because of the fatigue that had come through sleepless nights and worrisome, fearful days. God took me through that great trial and that great test, and He showed me in that deep, dark valley two great things. Number one, He would never leave me. He would never forsake me. It wasn't a matter of just my faith alone. It was more a matter of His faithfulness, not just my grip on God, but His grip on me. Praise God. And He showed me that what I was going through was because I didn't commit and cast my cares on Him. I carried the cares. I didn't make Him my refuge and my strength. Ah, oh, but friend, in His mercy, in His love, in His grace, He brought me through that valley. And I'm telling you here today, God wants to be your refuge. God wants to be your strength. For He has made Himself available to you and me as a very 
present help in the time of trouble. And I pray today that if the trouble is occurring in your life this very day, that you will look to Him, that you will focus upon Him so that He can be to you all that He has purposed, provided, and promised in the name of Jesus Christ today. And today, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior and your Lord, I pray that you will make Him your Savior. The moment you repent of your sin, receive Christ as your Savior. You're never without God. You're never, therefore, without hope in this present world, this fallen world, where we need His help so very desperately. Until you come to Christ, the Bible said you're without hope. And the reason is because you're without God in this present world. But once you come to know Christ as your Savior, you have His personal promise, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. Oh, friend, there's nothing in the world, nothing, nothing, and no one is worth not having this hope, not having this help, not to mention heaven for eternity. Oh, friend, come to Jesus today. Come to God through Jesus today and have help and hope and eternity with Him. Well, we love you. Our time is gone, but would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.